Hi, welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And we are back, baby. Back. Back at it. You had to take some time. You had to take some time because Kelsey needed a full four weeks to, to decompress <laughs> from this episode's uh, subject matter. I did, actually. It made me physically ill. <laughs> I, I knew it would. Uh, yeah, it took you out of commission for a while. <laughs> yeah. And to that, I have to say I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay. But, uh, I did it. I, you know what I, I say I say I, I feel guilty but I can't feel ashamed no you shouldn't I'm gonna make you experience things that you don't like you know that's what this podcast is about we're not gonna agree on everything honestly the, the worst you've ever done is still just peaky blinders yeah I can't get over how bad that show how much I don't <laughs> like that show anyway I think we should revisit that at some point no I don't think we should <laughs> I think we're fine actually okay but we're not here to talk about peaky blinders no uh, surprisingly Surprisingly, no. I mean, if you've only listened to this episode of the show and the first episode, uh, <laughs> that might be a surprise to you. But this is not, in fact, a Peaky Blinders fan cast. This is Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like things you like. Kelsey, what's on the docket today? Today, we are talking about Nathan for you. That's right. Nathan for you. The Comedy Central original series ran from 2013 to 2017. It's a, you know, it's a docu-reality type show. Esque it's an experimental art piece. It's like, it's like yeah, it's like a reality show mixed <laughs> with like a sketch comedy type show. It's produced under the Absolutely uh, Productions comp- uh, production company, which is Tim and Eric's production company. So it sort of sure. gives you the idea of the general world we're, we're working in here. Absurdity is going to be a word I'm going to use a lot. Okay, it doesn't really give me a general idea as I don't really know that much Tim and Eric's content. Well, I don't know if we've done this in a while, but get the little ding sound effect going up there real quick, because <laughs> we're going to come back to that later. <laughs> the premise of the show is that comedian Nathan Fielder plays a fictionalized version of himself. Exactly how fictionalized it is, is up for discussion, as we will probably discuss later in the episode. But he plays himself as a graduate of Canada's top business school, uh, who got really good grades. Really good grades. And now he comes up with ideas to help out small business owners get more business. And his ideas are, shall we say, a bit comedic in nature and often lead to extravagant and absurd, ridiculous, over-the-top uh, conceits and schemes and plans and lead Nathan and the people he works with into a series of awkward and uncomfortable conversations and, and social situations. That's a pretty good summary. I would uh, argue with whether or not they're comedic, but... I think they are. Kelsey, thoughts? <laughs> Counterpoint. Counterpoint. I did not laugh a lot uh, watching this. Mostly just, like, cringed a lot. So it is a, it is a, it is a cringe comedy show. Yeah. It, is, it is hard to deny that that's what it is. That's not the thing I like about it most. I will say the things I usually laugh at most in the show are the escalations of Nathan's uh, ideas and plans. And the slow reveal of how like how far he is willing to go to accomplish his goals. But I will I will I will admit the vast majority of the show is is I wouldn't say not the vast majority, but there's a lot of cringe inducing moments in there. Yeah, I I mean let's just I did not enjoy this. Let's You didn't like put it. Put that out there. Didn't I didn't like not, it whatsoever. This is probably the thing that you have introduced me to that I have enjoyed the least. You enjoyed it so little I, I dramatically uh, cut down the yeah. original uh, assignment for you. Like I couldn't watch it. I gave. Well, I originally had sixteen <laughs> episodes on here, which it's a half hour show, twenty two minutes without commercials. Yeah. Seemed pretty reasonable at the time. No, it, no, it totally was. It just wasn't. <laughs> I watched the Pacific, so you know whatever. 
but I realized immediately because I thought I knew you. That's gonna be. It's gonna be. You're just gonna I, feel guilty. I knew, and, but because you made me watch the Pacific and and uh, Peaky Blinders, and one episode so far, Band of Brothers, can't do it. I cannot I, do I, it. Yeah, I, I didn't make you do it. I can't do it. Well, I didn't make you do all this because I thought one of the things I knew you would find this uncomfortable. Yeah, I knew you would be physically uncomfortable watching it. I I built that into my my episode listings. I didn't go for the ones that were too bad, except for one which you didn't even think was that bad. <laughs> but I thought it would be like funny to watch you suffer through it, which sounds bad when I say it like that. But it but, wasn't you know, funny between friends. It was not funny. <laughs> uh, we watched the first few episodes together, and you were mostly just mad at me the whole time. And I'm sorry. I just like this is just like so far out of what I enjoy in comedy that like it and and it is like all the things that I dislike about reality television. <laughs> so like combining those two things was really really hard for me. And and I like I wanted to for you, Jason, but I just like it I I have like a huge like second embarrassment thing even in like fictionalized TV, even in scripted television, like I have trouble sometimes when like someone just does something so embarrassing or so like cringy so the fact that like i think what makes me the most uncomfortable about this is is like sort of the unspecified nature of how much is fictionalized and how much is real which leaves you kind of thinking a lot of it is real obviously like the people who are featured consent to be featured because we're seeing their faces and we know their names and stuff and that like helps a little bit but it's also just like i feel like there's because of the way Nathan is, like, there's this, like, sort of underlying, like, I don't know if this is what they signed up for situation that makes me, like, ooh, a little bit, you know? Uh, yeah, a big part of the show is, honestly, part of the experience of watching it for me. I don't consider myself really into cringe comedy, but I was sort of mentally, like, running through things that I think are considered a cringe comedy. I actually like a lot of them. So maybe I'm more into it than I think I am. It also makes me profoundly uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I have, uh, you know, I, I will say I'm not the, I have, I have some social anxieties, to, yeah. to put it lightly. So seeing that sort of stuff play out can be really, like, painful for me. You're just into living in that space. Yeah. And I, th- and I think, but you know, Nathan, for you as a show, I'm, I, I really like the, the concept of it and the overall, like, the style of it, the stuff that, you know, is built around the cringe factor. Yeah. I think the show wouldn't work without that cringe factor. Yeah. Without like the sense of like these are real people who Nathan is on some level deceiving. Uh but on some level being, you know, very totally completely honest with in a way that doesn't quite doesn't quite uh resolve the tension that you feel about it. Yeah. But it it, it does it, it's uncomfortable because there are things that happen that you are like you know, no one's being like no one's getting hurt and they no all one like is, yeah. and everyone has obviously been okay with being there or their visages would not be on the television there is a spectrum of discomfort though because yes. there are some people where you feel like okay this person is kind of a clown and maybe a little bit of a jerk and even if they don't deserve what's happening to them it happening per se no one gets like you know abused or like exploited like directly in the show mm-hmm. But there, there are some people you feel less okay about than others. Like some people, like you mentioned, the the gas station owner, yeah, from the season one episode that I made you watch, um, yeah. uh, gas station. That that's a guy who he's not he's not super involved in what Nathan actually does. And the premise of that show, that episode, is that Nathan is going to give a a rebate that's going to make his gas the cheapest gas in the whole county. Yeah, but the rebate and is, like that concept is funny. Yeah, and the rebate in order to get the rebate, the people who agree to it have to take a long hike up to the top of a mountain. And spend like the night at a campsite with Nathan and solve a series of riddles. And so the 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 
to me the comedy in that is that you're seeing what lengths these people go to to save like 10 to 20 dollars and and on a, in a broader sense there's you're seeing the lengths that people will go to to succeed in business which and again this is a leftist podcast now so i have to in, in you know bring in this leftist critique element in but i also i do feel that in the show that it's mostly the underlying joke is underneath all the cringy weird stuff is that to to live in a system that requires you to be successful in like a you know financially feasible way is going to lead to some some really absurd like flat out stupid and like patently upsetting and ridiculous things and that that's just like and then part of the humor of the show is seeing nathan really lay that completely bare like if you want to have a uh you know a really successful souvenir shop for example maybe the best way to do that is to fabricate an entire motion picture that didn't exist but what it's funny to me that he actually goes through the trouble of making the movie yeah and like all the process you have to go through well, to get like to that point. The, the, like the things like the bits that are the most watchable for me are the bits that are like him and an expert or him like him talking to the judge guy or yeah. like you know like where he where you realize where he had the oh i'm in too deep look on his face and that part's funny and but then like as soon as like the real quote unquote people get involved i get super uncomfortable again yes um like like with the souvenir shop cuz like he's making them buy a thing and that like that really like felt ooh to me i meant to bring this back around but like the the owner of the gas station at the end has yeah. a really weird conversation with nathan where yeah. it seems like he's <laughs> advising people to drink his grandson's pee which is i you you're you, you're getting upset right now uh, you don't like it i don't, don't like, like it, it yeah. and that that's the thing i think that's that's fair to question and that but that question of how real is it and how we should feel about that is yeah. the reason why i wanted to make sure you watched the finale finding francis yeah which is the season four finale and the like the feature length series finale. Yeah. I think um which is gonna be I think a big touchstone in our discussion going forward. So yeah. I, I wanna Do say Do you we, wanna go through the episodes we watched or you just wanna like have a talk? Uh, we, we we can. Is there anything you particularly wanted to say about the episodes? Well I wanted to say that like the I wanted to sort of talk about the episodes that like I was able to watch all the way through without okay. like having to stop. <laughs> I'll, I'll say the things I so just to briefly frame this discussion uh, I wanted to make sure you had a full understanding of everything going into the finale. The finale, yeah. So I, I sort of tried to focus on in the episodes of the the reduced order, so we say. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure you got all the episodes with Bill Heath, the, yeah. the quote-unquote Bill Gates impersonator, who we find out is really not a Bill Gates impersonator in any sense. Just a dude. I mean, you can tell that from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. but I also want to track the the exploration of the, the, the Nathan, character Nathan looks for love. of Nathan uh, and his, <laughs> his inherent loneliness, which I think is... Mm-hmm. I think the understated joke of that is that he is so involved in trying to be successful in business that he has no room for or any sort of aptitude for actual like human connection. Yeah. Which is again a very it's kind of an underlying joke, but not super on the surface. Um, but so the episodes I picked are episodes either like that I thought were particularly interesting around Nathan's search for love and all the all the Bill stuff, and also I included uh, dumb Starbucks just because. In my world, that was like a big thing for a little while. Well, the thing is, like, I was pretty sure I'd heard of that before. Yeah, that, that I mean, that episode opens with like the 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 montage of news news yeah. reports because dumb Starbucks like did get a lot of national attention. <laughs> like it was like the thing is like it's a good idea. It's just funny on the on the it's just funny on the face like, of it. Dumb the, Starbucks. I, I want to talk about that episode because I did. I was able to watch that whole episode. Um, and I think the thing that 
made that easier for me was that the the initial business owner is like fuck this (laughs) (laughs) which is like the reaction you expect from all these people he bails like 10 minutes in yeah and like to me that made it more like okay that that's the reaction you expect from these business owners when nathan's like let's do this crazy thing and then like but then but also it also was probably nathan's best business idea (laughs) (laughs) and like like him sort of acknowledging that and being like okay i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna do it (laughs) and then he did it's too good of an idea to pass up yeah and and so like the sort of inherent nobody else is really getting hurt here except for the people who go to dumb starbucks and are they really even getting hurt like no and that episode's funny because he didn't even like when he hires those two people to be the employees yeah he like invents a bit of business to make them uncomfortable yeah that is not like necessary to the rest of the show yeah, at, all. at all but it's just about him like again being completely socially inept yeah. and, and wanting human connection but having no actual way to access it mm-hmm. um but <laughs> it's also like when he asks them all to disclose who they are most attracted to of the employees which is just him and these two people he's hired yeah it is so, uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. So that uncomfortable. was the, the most uncomfortable point of the episode. Uh, but yeah. like the rest of it is fine. It's just a weird art experiment. Yeah. And it, it, and it, when he sets up that entire... I, think, I wish they'd done a whole episode of him doing the fake gallery. Yeah. Because he sets up that fake gallery to establish his bona fides Which as was a great. artist. He does. Yeah. He has a run of like <laughs> shitty, like obvious modern art. Like, yeah. He, he obvious take, like he takes the lo- statement logo, art. He takes the logo for Bank of America and changes it to Tank of America. Stuff like that, yeah. Stuff that you like, you would see at a modern art gallery. Yeah. I mean, I was I was at the Dia Beacon like two weeks ago, and I'm just <laughs> still recovering from it. How how like Jason up hates up its own ass it is. I he, I don't like him. Is he, <laughs> is he still alive? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if he's still alive, I challenge him to come on this show and defend his artwork to me, a podcaster <laughs> with forty upwards of forty listeners. <laughs> And if he's not alive, my condolences to his, his friends and family. Scarlet Throne. That's it. I've covered all the possibilities. Um, yeah, so Dumb Starbucks I actually found pretty enjoyable, other than those <laughs> few moments. Um, the other episode that we heartily disagree on, apparently, because you were like, this one's going to be rough. Yeah, and, I can't. Okay, and I was like, actually, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> Um, Smokers Smokers Allowed, season season two, so season three, episode five, which I even like included a disclaimer in the in the 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 assignment file, being like this one's gonna be rough. Hold on, hold on to your hats. Yeah, you didn't you didn't even give a shit. You didn't care. No, didn't bother you at all. I didn't think it was that rough. Well, because as as I was like saying to you, I think closer to when I watched it, I think there's like something about because the whole concept is that he's putting on a play. Yeah. So this this is the episode where Nathan is trying to help a bar who's who's um, you know their business has has suffered from smoking being banned, and he realizes that if it's a, if it's if it's a theatrical experience, people can actually if like in this county or state or whatever, you can smoke real cigarettes on stage. So he has to concoct a situation in which the bar itself is a theatrical experience. Yeah. Um, but part of that involves hiring actors to play these roles. Yes. Of like the people, he records one full like two hour span of the bar's existence, just people doing whatever, and then hires people to recreate those those moments yeah. it's so funny but he has to hire <laughs> actors it is really funny and part of the audition process is he finds a a, a an actress he wants for the role and it's part of the audition he 
asks her to convincingly tell uh, him that he, she loves him. Yeah. And there's a long and to me incredibly painful sequence in the middle of the episode where he is just sitting like a foot away from her, staring at her like dead in the eyes and saying like and asking her to repeat, "I love you" over and over. I love you. And over like far past the point where it's funny. Yeah. Far past the point where it would like it would go back around and be funny again. Yeah. It just keeps going. Like I found that. Like the same amount of cringy as the rest of the show, and then the rest of the episode is actually really watchable to me, because like there is this inherent thing where it's like it is a show and everyone is aware that it's a show and it's not like like everyone who is there has opted into this situation makes me a lot more comfortable than a lot of the other situations. If that makes sense. No, it does make sense. I think yeah. there's something about. I think there's there's because I also got uncomfortable in in finding Francis when he. They come with the plan to, to pretend they're filming a sequel to the movie Mud. Mud, yeah. And they bring in that guy who was like a, a background actor in the first movie. And he thinks he's auditioning for an actual part. Yeah. Something about that made troubled me. I think that's that's because the idea of people thinking they're getting a job that's not really going to be a job. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like in Smokers Aloud, like he does hire them to yeah. do a thing. Yeah. Like they do have a job. Yeah. It's a weird experimental theater thing. But like I've seen weird experimental theater things. It's not that crazy <laughs> i mean honestly yeah that 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 bar play is probably better than i don't know half the things i've seen on broadway <laughs> that's being very generous uh, very generous oh man i saw paramore so <laughs> this is this is the Cirque du Soleil experience to be clear not the not yes, the band not the band yeah <laughs> the Cirque du Soleil broadway experience oh that's when they tried to split the difference between like their their like theatrical they're like you know circus stuff and like yeah. a broadway show yeah and it was it just didn't it didn't make it sense didn't take. <laughs> no yeah I, you, you notice a lot of things on broadway don't really work there's a lot of bad ideas out there it's true but yeah i actually smokers Lab is probably the episode that i enjoyed the most out of the ones you gave me I think there really is something about, and this might be why Finding Francis uh, resonates with me so so yeah. deeply, is there's something about Nathan, the character, as being ex- exposed as being so, like, nakedly desperate for affection that he'll, like, you know, extract it from wherever he can that is, like, really very painful to me to watch. Yeah. People being being openly vulnerable, I guess, to me is a real, it, it really, like, really <laughs> sort of activates something within me that is, uh, now that I'm sort of, like, talking through it, probably deeply personal. Do we want to talk about um, when I was most uncomfortable? Yes, when were you most uncomfortable? Let's talk through that. Probably during the hero. Really? Yeah. Which which part of it? So the hero, just for more background. Yeah. He, Nathan picks a, but he he says he wants someone who is completely beyond hope. Yeah. But he picks a very average, average. It starts out as like a weird episode of Queer Eye. Yeah. <laughs> he's this, he's gonna take this guy Corey and take over his life yeah. and change it completely and make him into a, a hero, and. That's basically that's the basic premise of the episode. I mean, I think the thing that makes me the most uncomfortable about that is like Nathan is literally impersonating another person. Yes, Nathan, Nathan like gets a like intense like make a prosthetic thing built, bad prosthetic, and gets gets put into it and like deceives this man's like friends and family and like sets him up with a woman and like goes on a date with a woman as starts a relationship with a woman. Like that part was where I was like really uncomfortable and like just and deceives his friends and family like it was like and locks him in a trailer for a week like i mean to me the entire thing is worth it just for that shot of when he like nathan leads uh cory out to where he's gonna be staying for the few weeks while nathan's taking over his life (laughs) and then they leave him behind that trailer in the middle of the desert it's like the bachelor two on one day (laughs) it is but it but it's on purpose (laughs) purpose. and then you can just watch what happens with the 
that guy's life. Yeah. So I think that that was when I was most uncomfortable just because I, I did really feel like people were being deceived in a way that I was not comfortable with. The thing with the girl, the girl is kind of weird. I mean, yeah. the, the thing that makes me, that relieves some of that for me is that at the end when he gets out and like finishes, when quote, quote unquote Corey finishes the uh, the, the stunt, tightrope walk. the tightrope walk, <laughs> and then the actual Corey emerges, that he he does get permission to kiss the woman before he like, like did they hug? I think they don't even yeah. actually kiss, but it's like, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird, but it's, it's weird. It is uncomfortable. I think it's, you know, I think it's it's certainly meant to be uncomfortable. That whole episode was very oof. There's a <laughs> for me. I like that one though, because that one is both. It's because there's a few episodes like this, including the Claw of Shame, which I also assigned to you, that are outside the realm of like Nathan finds a business and suggests yeah. a wacky idea. It's more conceptual. Yeah. Because the Claw, the Claw of Shame is where he decides to do an elaborate magic trick, or he doesn't escape act. Yeah. Where he, if he does not escape from like uh, being handcuffed within like 90 seconds, he'll be. His genitals will be exposed to a group of children, and he'll be a like a, a sex offender, sex for, offender life, for, yeah. for his entire life. Um, which is doesn't really have any thematic connection to anything. I just think it's a really funny idea, and yeah. the fact that he did it is really sort of hilarious and stressful. Yeah. But the hero is another episode like that. Yeah. But I definitely wanted that one because that one is the closest that we get until finding Francis of like a look at you know a really like explicit look into like how empty Nathan's the character's life is because he goes through all this to like fix Corey's life and like send him up with like with a with a girl you know improve his standing in the community impresses his grandparents and then nathan walks away and Corey just takes all the credit because nathan is a you know sort of a wandering lone gunman figure a cipher just yeah. you know devoid of any actual life but just you know serving people wherever he goes should we talk about finding francis yeah let's get into finding francis I don't know if, if that episode ex- existed that I would really have felt strong enough to make you do this episode. Yeah. I would have, like, I would have jumped ship sooner. Yeah. Because if it was just discomfort all the way through, I would have been like, eh, it's fine. Like, you know, and, and, and like, you get it, like, capitalism is dumb. Yeah. And having to succeed in business is dumb. Yeah. And, like, you, you get it. It's like, if you don't think it's, like, the show is funny, then there's mm-hmm. no real, you know, there's no real payoff to that. Yeah. But Finding Francis, I think, is actually really interesting because it takes that question of how real is this and if it's real how real is that? Yeah. And if, and how do I feel about that? And what does that mean? And, and really lays it out. What are these, these people? Are they characters? Are they people? What, what did they mean in their own lives and in our lives and in other people's lives? And I, and it doesn't really answer those questions, no. but it really, really raises them. And I think a yeah. pretty interesting way for what is basically a sketch show. Yeah. The thing is like, to me, the, the character of Nathan in the sort of earlier episodes that are very like, Nathan goes to a business and this is, feels like a Saturday Night Live character. Yeah. Like, he feels like, you know, I don't know what I would call him, but but he yeah. feels like a character that, like, comes back and proposes crazy ideas, like, to fix your business, but... I mean, I, 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 I do have to say that I think Nathan's technique of... His technique is just not filling the spaces and conversations that you would normally fill with, like, idle chit-chat or laughter. Yeah. He just doesn't fill those spaces when he's talking to somebody. And then the things people will fill it with by their nature are going to be kind of weird or just or funny or just awkward and interesting which is why he's perfectly paired with the character of bill bill heath <laughs> who we find out at the beginning of this again hour and a half long episode uh, uh, but, but it's not just it's not just a long episode yeah. that would that would be ridiculous it's a whole different it's thing. it's a film it's a film <laughs> like uh, it's like 85 minutes yeah it was like errol morris's favorite movie of that year yeah 
uh, we found that Bill Heath has a lost love named Francis that he's been sort of like obsessed with for the past. Like, you know, he's like a 78 year old dude. Yeah. So for like most of his life, he's been pining over this woman and Nathan sets out to help him find her and reunite them. And it's it, like, it leads to some classic Nathan for you capers, the fake film shoot, uh, the, the, the fake high school reunion, which oh, you God. come on when he sings the song, <laughs> when he sings the town song, <laughs> I'm a, like, how's it go? I don't know. He's, he, uh, I forget, but it was stuck in my head for a little while. It's, some, it's something like I'm a I'm a Devin Do Dandy or something, yeah, something to that effect. But there's things like that. But mostly, it's about Nathan going on the road with this weird, weird dude, who, again, because he's paired with Nathan, especially like the strange way he has of communicating really comes out. And it's sort of like it's odd. he's just a, he's an odd guy to be around. You can and you, if you've known if you know any old people, you know like a. Yeah kind of a weird old guy like this well and there's this whole like line that they walk until like the very end where you're like is bill like bad yeah like, is they, he a bad dude there's a lot of explanation <laughs> of like what bill's deal is and like you, yeah. you, you sort of it begins and, and nathan is sort of you can tell he's kind of curious like is he for real about this francis girl mm-hmm. is this just like an attempt to get more screen time right then you find out oh no they actually did have a real deep relationship mm-hmm. then you find out well actually their relationship kind of went south because of bill himself and him being kind of a dick mm-hmm. and then he like they do that great thing where they bring in the actors yeah they bring in the actors to play a version of francis for bill, for bill to practice his re- like reunion with yeah she was great he's great and he starts off like really he starts bill starts off really kind of like way too aggressive yeah and way too forward and really making everyone very uncomfortable then they do they do a role switch where he plays francis yeah and it seems like it really helps him like unlock some stuff like he really it's like crazy he really gets a new perspective on the situation yeah but they play out like you know is he like like what's the deal with bill like and, and like him and yeah. francis what's gonna happen when they meet yeah. and then they don't actually meet yeah and it doesn't feel unresolved no he he they he gets they like, have a very long phone conversation. Right out, yeah they, he parks out, like they're they're down the street from her house yeah and he calls her on the phone they have a chat and he realizes that that he seems to really like it really clicks in the, oh she's moved on and she has a whole other life and whatever he may have projected onto this woman is not nothing's going to come of it it's of him really trying like to poignant and like kind of wonderful it is and it's kind of it um i don't know if i'm going to be able to really pull this this parallel off but i'm gonna give it a shot i saw the irishman yesterday okay <laughs> which, is a, which is a movie uh about amongst other things it's primarily about it's about aging it's about being old and looking back in your life and realizing that you really like you just totally blew it you just made every possible bad decision you could and just and nothing you know it may have seemed like a good idea at the time but nothing really worked out the way you wanted it to and this is also kind of about bill is kind of that guy where he's also he's not a really an actor at all he Pretended to be a Bill Gates impersonator to get a job on well, the show like he, to begin with. He like moved to L.A. as a young guy because he was like good looking, and yeah. it was the fifties. They have that picture of him in this episode. Yeah, it's like, it's like a really dashing like. Yeah, and he was guy. you know somewhat charismatic, and he thought maybe he could make it in pictures, but he didn't. He didn't, and now he's like pining at this woman he hasn't seen in like yeah. over fifty years. And what this, what the um, but the Irishman is just pretty bleak and just says like, "Hey, watch it because you can really fuck up your whole life. If you're not careful." The show has the show France Finding Francis. This episode has a more, more hopeful conclusion. 
because Bill ends up going on a date with the actress who played Francis. June. June. Which calls to mind some questions about, you know, does he, is he just attracted to her because she played Francis? And the, and the idea of Francis as a character is really what he was attracted to to begin with. So he finds someone who embodied that and he had some sort of connection with and he wants to pursue that. It's not painted as like a sad, pathetic thing or anything, though. It's but like, it, it's like a thinker. It's a thinker. And, yeah. it, and it parallels with the other story from this Yes, from this let's thing. talk about yes. that story. So do you want to set up what happens with what's, what Nathan's got going on when they're in Arkansas so trying I to find Francis? I forget why, the, but Nathan hires an escort. The idea is he's going <laughs> to hire this escort. Do you have her name written down? Macy. Macy. He's going to hire Macy to go on a practice date with Bill to, like, mm-hmm. to like help him sharpen his social skills a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but Bill decides he doesn't want to do it because he's, well, kind of a, he's kind of a gross old dude with like yeah. some some pretty antiquated ideas about sex workers. Yeah. But so they have her booked. So Nathan goes on a on a date with her, mm-hmm. and they hit it off. Yes. Or do they? Or or do they? Because <laughs> they continue to see each other. Because Nathan's like he's now in Arkansas. They're trying to find Francis. Nothing's really happening for a while. Nathan like has a few other dates with her, and we see him. We explicitly see him pay for the second date. Yeah. Then they keep hanging out. Yeah. And it seems like it's within the context of them being, you know, in a, in a business relationship. Yeah. But we don't see them exchange money after that second date. Right. And there's a, there's a moment on in, like, the hotel room where Nathan, like, brings her back to his hotel room and they hang out and they kiss and she leaves. It becomes really unclear, like, what's really going on. What the on. situation is, yeah. Um, and then at the end, Nathan is, like, doing his normal wrap-up narration about about bill and his uh, relationship with june and like what's going on there and like you know maybe bill is a kind of a sad old dude but he has a you know he has a life where he can still feel moments of genuine joy and connection with people so you know there is not what's not, well, not been a total waste still is a life of some value uh, and then you find out that he's actually been addressing this entire narration throughout the entire episode presumably to macy yeah and he flies back to arkansas to see her and they have a meeting on the, I can't stop thinking about this. They have this meeting where they get back together and like they hang out for a little bit. Yeah. And obviously the cameras are there because we're seeing it. The drone shot. But they they hold they hold hands <laughs> and, and, and she's like, isn't this kind of weird having the cameras here? And Nathan's like, we can turn them off. And she says, wouldn't that defeat the purpose? And he says, what's the purpose? He says, and she says, well, you're filming something, right? That's the, that's the purpose. That's the purpose. And he kind of like pauses. He doesn't say anything. And then he says, hey, we have this drone. Be cool to get like a drone shot, <laughs> and then the last shot of the show is is the shot from the drone of like the two of them sitting there holding hands, but then it zooms out and you see the camera crew like around them, yeah, and it and it just sort of pulls away until it's you it's know so far until that they're you really can't far in the distance, yeah. and it's like <sighs> like what's going on? You want to know? Yeah. So what did you? What were your feelings about that aspect of? It's Francis. so strange because, like, it's a thinker. Because you, you never know the whole time of this relationship. Like, if Macy is like just good at this, good at interacting with Nathan because that's what she does, and she's being paid to do it, and she's good at her job, or if they do have a genuine connection, and that's so hard to like parse. Yeah, <laughs> because he is paying her at least. To begin with, yeah. possibly the entire way through. Well, we and doesn't he know. give her a card at the end? 
Does he? I don't think we see that at the end. I thought, I thought he gave her a card no, at the end. I don't think he does. I thought it was sort of implied that he had been paying her for most of the time. It's implied, but it's not really stated. And they, 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 yeah, they, like I said, they do seem to be connecting on some level. Yeah. But like, is it like, is it because they are genuinely connecting or is it just because this is what she does and she's good at her job? Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, is it like, is because the question that comes to my mind first is like, well, how in on this is she? Like, does she know yeah. they're doing a thing for the what, show? Where what it's is like, the level of where she's where they're paralleling this? Yeah. But then, but then the question becomes, well, if that's not the case, then does she still like she's still being paid for her time to perform a role for him for the show? So even if it's even if it's real on one level, and then it's then it's still fake on another level. But then, like, what if it's not fake on that level either? Like, what if there actually is a real connection there, but they're still doing it for the show? So it's, like, performative in a way? Yeah. So, so it's not fake, but it's performative? Yeah, and I think you can, you can apply that same general question to anyone who's been on the show. Oh, yeah. Like, like these people that Nathan gets to do, this, they, to do these things, like, are they real, quote-unquote, people? Or are they performing? And if they're performing, like, does that matter? Because we know, like, people, like, he gets, like, you know, the cops harass him. Like, he, he yeah. talks to, like employees of other businesses you could throw them out so someone's getting a real experience here yeah and whether that's that's everyone involved whether it's us because we're watching it and we're certainly getting we're certainly experiencing as as if it was real i mean we're having emotions because it's a show and it's it's like structured to make us feel like it's real and like yeah (laughs) and so i think that that sort of dovetails with you know fran the, the end of bill's story where he's kind of still copping this fantasy about francis but it seems to really be bringing him actual joy and we can apply that same question to well with with nathan and and, and macy it, is what's going on there real in any sense and if can we even determine that and if even if we could doesn't matter if they both actually enjoy each other's company who knows who knows it's a thinker i will say i I don't want to say I enjoyed finding Francis. (laughs) Yeah, you'd hate to say that. But I did not dislike it. Like, like, I really feel like it is a a good film. You think it works in the the context of the show? There are good films that I don't enjoy, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's better than the rest of the show. I think it... I think certain through lines in the show, like get there i don't know if all of them do like like the first one we watched like i it would be really hard to go from like the gas station caricature artist to finding Francis. right right it might make more sense in that situation to not watch the rest of the show at all yeah if you're gonna watch that little of it i think it's actually kind of kind of comparable to the breaking bad film that came out this year el camino well which is a well i'm just saying it for the listener kelsey okay. for the listener <laughs> which i also thought i also really enjoyed because you know, I love Breaking Bad and I love that whole team. But I think it did a good job of both being a blatant continuation and of the show, but also setting up the stakes within the narrative of the one thing itself. Mm-hmm. So you weren't entirely relying on your feelings about past things you'd seen to be experiencing the moment you're seeing. I think Finding Francis also makes is in a better context if you've seen more of the show. Yeah, but, but I think it stands alone. It does, because the questions it raises, you still kind of work without, like, you know, without being a question about the show itself, just kind of become a question about documentary filmmaking. Yeah, in general. Sure. So in that in that case, yeah, it actually might be more effective to. I probably should have sh- just shown you this. 
I'm glad I had the context of the show, especially to sort of like Nathan's through line of him being a lonely, bad social skills guy <laughs> and, you know, getting the characters introduced mm-hmm. in general. And I'm glad I got to watch Dumb Starbucks. I thought that was fun. <laughs> and I think like having our realization that I enjoyed Smokers Aloud and you just really don't and what that says about us as people. It says a lot. Yeah. It says a lot. Because you're, well, yeah. Yeah. What I'm hearing is that you are uncomfortable about seeing people who don't really know what's happening. Yeah. And I'm uncomfortable with people being uh, ex- ex- extremely vulnerable in an uncomfortable way. Yeah. And I guess that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me uh, being anxious about not knowing what's going on? Oh. Yeah. That's not me. <laughs> guess we're both really in character right now. Yeah. On brand. All right. Good. We, we, we missed a few episodes, but now we're back and we're st- we still got it. We still got it. Uh, did you have anything else you want to say about the show i kind of i i would say that like i as much as as uncomfortable as i was for a lot of this i think nathan fielder might be a genius (laughs) i don't think i would have said that if i did not watch finding francis (laughs) but i want to know what he's like in real life even if you hated the show i think you would have to admire the fact that he doesn't break ever it's there's like there's like a couple of there's like one or there's two like one or two in Finding Francis where he's like when like when when Bill says that thing about about Macy and and and, uh, yeah. and Nathan's like Jesus Bill yeah. there's a few moments where you can kind of see him like having a genuine sort of response to things oh like there was some 2016 election content in Finding <sighs> Francis which was rough but you can tell yeah. that Nathan's reaction to Bill's opinions are genuine. Yeah. Because <laughs> Bill is like an old dude who likes Fox News. He's an old dude from Arkansas. Yeah. He, he likes Fox News. And it's especially interesting that he like leaves in that part where they're watching one of the debates. Mm-hmm. And Bill's like, Trump's going to win. Yeah. He's, the, he's the man for it. That hurt. And Nathan, Nathan's like. Watching that hurt. Uh, Nathan, Nathan's <laughs> like, I don't know, man. He's doing pretty bad in the polls. Yeah. And Bill's like, you can't trust the polls. Yeah, because this, this was released like in like late 2017, I think. Yeah. So it was like, oh, buddy. Like Nathan left that in just to hurt us. Yeah, Bill. I mean, Bill was right. <laughs> Not that Donald Trump was the right person for the White House, but, but that the, yeah, that he was you going can't to trust win. the polls. <laughs> Turns out. Turns out. As much as I disliked the show, I'm really glad that I watched it. I'm glad you did too. You did. You did good, Kelsey. You did. Thank you did. You. Better than 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 could be expected. Yeah, and like I think finding I think people should watch Finding Francis. Okay. I think it raises some important, interesting questions. It's hard to watch, but worth it. I think. I'll say, in the interest of fairness, you have now banked making me watch a thing I'm very uncomfortable with. Yeah. I don't know what that would be. <laughs> Probably gonna be figure skating. That that's, that sounds fine. I don't yeah. know why that would make me uncomfortable. I don't know. Anything that I could make you like super uncomfortable, unless with. you were like, unless you like got really into like, like direct angle, like birth videos. Oh God, no, thank you. <laughs> that will also make me uncomfortable. I don't deal well with those. It's 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 no. it's a rough thing to watch. Thank you, Jason. Thank for you. making me cringe. Thanks to you, Kelsey, for putting up with it, and a special thanks to Danny Avowed of the Weeping Willards for use of their song "Outside in the Rain." from their self-titled album available on Bandcamp. And thanks to Carly Sussman for designing our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com. If you like the show, tell a friend. Please tell a friend. Like, subscribe, do all the stuff. Do the stuff. We don't really use our social media, so... (laughs) No, listen to Andrew Ninja Warrior if they're 
still making episodes? Maybe they are. Hopefully they are. Yeah, I'd like to hear some more. I like mm-hmm. the, those two. They're all right. They're all right, those two. All right. So until next time, friends, we'll be, we'll be seeing you. And as we always say, go, go to, to therapy. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. On this episode of the Ruin My Life Comedy Podcast Hour, <laughs> we're talking about Nathan for you. Nathan for you. For for us. For us. For all of America. And Canada. We have a dog. Excuse you. This dog does not want to uh, leave our podcast be. Probably not going to be too audible. Probably That's not. fine. Whatever. Fine. It's real. It's real. Cinema verite. <laughs> Hi. Welcome. <laughs> it's a fucking dog. It's like, 